You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's the All-American, 35. And the always dapper Dan. How y'all feeling on this Sunday afternoon? We usually record on a Monday, but we got national championship tomorrow, so we're going to record on a Sunday night. How y'all boys feeling? Well, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I saw uh, the Texas loss today, and I thought it was up, what, 21-0? Yeah, 24 now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I fell asleep, bro, and I woke up and the boys lost by 20. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> how, how you go up like that and lose by 20, bro? Hey, yeah, I, I never thought it. the game was over. And now with the Chiefs offense oh. and Mahomes, man, they're explosive. So that game was never over by I, any I stretch. All right, but I don't think it was over. But you still don't get beat by 20 when you up like that, bro. Like, But, you know, no, that's, that's, that's not a I see. Dude, it was a wild game. The beginning of the game was wild. Uh, the way that the Texans were able to score, you know, you had the blocked punt. You had some other, uh, what, they had a, a, a dropped, uh, dropped uh, what punt was that? But then on the flip side, it, it happened to the Texans, too, with the Chiefs. So it was just a really weird first half. I was watching the game with a, a friend of mine that's from uh, from Kansas and is a big Chiefs fan. And um, to, to watch his emotional roller coaster for a while was uh, – was fun to see, but because I don't have a rooting interest, I just want to see good football. So uh, it was a hell of a game, and, and congratulations to, to Mahomes. I was hoping to see a Mahomes Lamar Jackson uh, final, but it didn't uh, didn't pan out that way. Yeah, shout out to the Tennessee Titans, man. Derrick Henry is an animal, and um, he's they, they're made for the playoffs. And I don't want to hear, I don't want to see one more tweet about Mush jumping Derrick Henry. Can we let that die already? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's All over. Right. It's over. Yeah, let right. that die. That, uh, you know what, what I think is crazy is that I think Derrick Henry would be just as good of a linebacker in the NFL. If not better. He may make he may have made more money. Yeah, yeah. For sure. He's, he's, a, he's a, a hell freak of a player. Athlete. You know, and, and you know, Will Muschamp would have turned him into an unbelievable linebacker too. So uh, it's an old story. We don't even know if it's 100% true uh, or if, uh, you know, Florida said you couldn't play running back. So we'll, we'll let that one die. Uh, congratulations to uh, to him and the Tennessee Titans and to former Miami Dolphin great Ryan Tannehill leading the team on uh, seven of fourteen passing for eighty eight yards. Yeah, so, definitely. So, so what? You, so what you think it was, Dan? What was the, was the coaching bad? The Dolphins franchise. Yeah, yeah yes. the, the the entire franchise is bad, all the way down from the owner all the way to the uh, to I mean, the college Dan, team you, that they rent their stadium. I mean, yeah, that too. But I mean, yeah, really lightning. Per se, lighten it up, Dan. I mean, he got there. Henry's man. He's doing. He, he's doing what he has to do. I was doing a little tongue in cheek there, but uh, he has the uh, number one passer rating in um, in the NFL since he took over uh, from um, from Marcus Mariota. So um, I don't know if it was just the players. I don't know if you have an unbelievable player like a uh, like a Derrick Henry or a game changer at running back uh, that it allows the the defense obviously to, to completely uh, change, but. Um, you know, during his time 
um, you know, with the Dolphins. We they never really had consistency. They never had great, real great ownership. They never had a lot of weapons. Uh, and he's making it work over there. So we'll see if it's uh, long term and sustainable. But but I'm excited to see two new teams that we don't get to see very often in Tennessee and in Kansas City instead of your you know your same uh, you know New England Patriots and stuff like that every year. Yeah, most definitely. But we want to talk about national championship a little bit. Uh, it's tomorrow. And outside of uh, Dabble crying, man, I've been excited about this game. I'm getting tired of Dabble crying in the media every day. That's getting a little annoying, but I'm excited about this uh, this national championship game. I think it's going to be one of the best ones that we've seen in, in a minute. Yeah, That's for sure. Blowout. Yeah, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Dabble after this is over, though. But. No, I was just going to say the same thing, man. I'm just, you know, um, I think when they won their first uh, national championship, everybody was like, oh, you know, he's cool. He's, you know, he, he's humble. Um, you know, but now it's just like, man, this dude is, is going to whine about every little thing in the media. He always got some shit to complain about. It's just it's one thing after the next. Bro, y'all not the underdogs anymore. Like, stop trying to play that role. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if yeah. he's trying to just hype his team up or, what, you know, what he's trying yeah, to he's do. Try- he's trying to take that approach, but it's getting whiny. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. He kind of just needs to sell that to Like, you, you poke it here and there in, in the media. But you need to just keep that attitude in your locker room. It's just getting whiny in the media, bro. It's, I'm a little exhausted of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't um, – I think I have a slightly different take. Um, I think it's annoying. Uh, and, and I'm actually curious more than anything. I'm actually taking a more neutral position. I'm curious to see how his players respond because he's obviously doing it enough where his players he, – he's doing it for the players. Like He's not doing it because he actually cares about – what he's saying he's doing it for to hype up his players and i don't know if he is struggling to get through to them i don't know if they don't realize the gravity of the situation i don't realize if he's just annoyed by you know how often he has to talk about it but um you know the game is in louisiana it's in new orleans and that's just an unfortunate fact of it right um you know unfortunately i hate to give him credit but you know tj yesterday on the timeline said that you know, all three Florida, um, you know, teams that have won national championships have done it in the state of Florida. And we've never really heard the amount of complaining. So I, I understand, um, you know, what what he's saying. I think it's old and annoying. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it is where it is. You're playing for the national championship and you have to be ready to play. Uh, but I think the disrespect piece is, is old. Um, that that's the, the only part to me that's a that's a little whiny. Yeah, I, yeah. We already, we just knew before the the, the year started what the national championship was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Just happened. They, LS, you know, like, come on, bro. Like, you got like, we just made. They just automatically just made this up two weeks ago. Do I? I never saw the video clip. Was he actually like complaining? Was it more of a tongue in cheek type of deal where he's kind of kind of laughing it off? I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing to me is you know I think when we read things just on the internet sometimes we take you know the tone of everything and, and I don't know if Gabo was. You know, saying it like, ah, oh, shucks, you know, it's, you know, instead of playing in, in Baton Rouge, you know, or playing in New, or- or, uh, New Orleans, um, you know, similar, I think he said, this would be like us playing a game in Greenville. Like, you can kind of laugh about that and joke about it without it being as big of a deal um, and not sounding whiny. I just don't know, you know, what his, you know, what the actual video is like or what the actual audio is like, uh, you know, but, but Clemson's not getting disrespected. But, you know, at some point in time, they've got to say something. And, and if you guys were a coach, what would, what would you say? I mean, it definitely wouldn't be that. I mean, he got what number one recruiting class and stuff. It's just like, yeah, we got we got to come out here and play. I mean, it, 
If I got to say too much and 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 get a lot of hoopla and rah rah, you see, uh, I, I just I would take a just a different approach. Yeah, you got to take. We're we're repeating. You know what I'm saying? Like this this whole approach he's taking. I mean, they may they may very well win the game, but I think the approach he's taking of like this underdog thing when you're the repeat champions, like you you're going back to to defend your defend your 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 title. So you're not the underdogs here. It's not like like I think he should talk to his team like we supposed to be here. This ours. Like let's go do what we do. Take care of business. But to me, he's just taking this underdog approach. I just think that that's just what he's used to, you know? Like, he's been doing it his whole career. He's an underdog coach. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's his calling card. So he's just doing what he do. Yeah, are they the underdog? I think they are. They're, they're a couple points underdog. Six points. Yeah. Um, so they are the underdog. And, you know, there's a reason that they probably, you know, are. Um, you know, they played uh, Ohio State well. But outside of that, they didn't really play anybody. I don't think they played anybody – that was ranked during the entire season um, until they got to even in the ACC championship, Virginia wasn't ranked. So, um, or were they, I, I don't know, but anyway, long story short, uh, they are, you know, a little bit of the underdog, but I think it gets old. Um, the only reason that, you know, they didn't play any ranked teams this year is because their schedule sucked that they probably scheduled five years ago and the rest of the ACC is trash. So, uh, you know, I think for, for him, um, you know, it's obviously a message that the players respond to and they had a big win. You know, I don't think a lot of people thought they would have had over Ohio state last week and, you know, or two weeks ago, whenever that game was, it seems like forever ago, but you know, I'm curious to see how they, uh, they do against a, a team like LSU. And, you know, there's a reason LSU is getting all the credit in the world. Um, I'm just not as turned off by, by some of his comments, but it, as it seems some of the other guys are, but. This game, I think, probably got the best quarterback play of a national championship in a long time as well. And I think, like, whoever plays the better game is going to win it. Win it. And I and I think uh, Joe Burrow is that guy. But uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is just as capable, man. He's very good, and he could he could very well put this put Clemson on his back and win the game. What you got, Dan? What you do? You think wins it? Yeah, no, I think LSU is going to win by maybe a touchdown, maybe ten points. Uh, you know, I think, like you said, so this is probably the best, you know, quarterback matchup that we've had probably since maybe, you know, 08 when Bradford and Tebow uh, going up against each other, you know, two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Um, I, I just think that LSU is just playing so well. They've played so well all season. They've not really had any hiccups. They just seem to be the dominant program. And I think with, you know, two weeks off and, you know, getting their, their running back, you know, back to, to full health and the way Joe Burrow's been playing. I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think Clemson's going to keep it tight. Um, I, actually, I take that back. I think LSU is going to come out to a pretty, you know, big lead, um, you know, maybe 14, 17 points. I think, you know, Clemson might, you know, bring it off a little bit closer, you know, towards the end of the game. But, but I like LSU to win. Ahmad, what's your prediction on this game? Um, you know, I, I'm 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 going with LSU for the simple fact that I I seen they've been battle tested, and not saying that you know uh, Clemson's not capable of winning the game. So we already know any given Saturday or Sunday or whatever day they're playing on, um, a team can can lose a game. But you know, I'm just I'm going with with these guys because it's not only that you know I seen them beat some good quality teams, but you know I just it's just something about those those guys. You know, they got a little swagger about them that you know once they get ahead, man, it's just hard to even just. Just uh, you know, stop them from scoring and come back and keep up. So, um, if Clemson, you know, is is isn't ready for a shootout, then they're gonna get boat race. But you know, I, I think it'll be um, you know, somewhat close. But I, I think LSU will come out on top. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all. Like I said, I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think they win by two scores, ten to fourteen points at least. 
it could get out of hand. LSU just hasn't ever been a team this year that has started slow. Every game they come out the gate scoring points. And I've seen Clemson, even last game, just start slow. And uh, Ohio State didn't put them away, but LSU, the type of team that'll put you in the way, they're going to they gonna finish in the red zone. I just don't see, I don't think Clemson, they back blacks, I don't think they battle tested. I don't think they ready. They have to score every drive. Um, we'll see, though. Scores? Y'all think you get in the 40s? <laughs> Y'all think. Nah. Uh, no, I don't think no 40 over, burgers. Over under 68. What do you think? Uh, I think under. <laughs> under 68? No, nah, nah, but I think. I, I think they'll go over 68. I think they go over 68, but yeah, I don't, I think they, I don't think they go 40. I'll take the over. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna the take over. the over too. I, I'll take. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I, I think the there's over. gonna be a lot of points scored this game. I think. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a, a a really strong defensive matchup. Um, you know, you might see LSU you know, do a little bit better there, but you know, I think that this game might be more of that like LSU Texas game, or you know, you even saw it with. Uh, you know, Clemson and Ohio State, they can put up points. They're going to allow points, but it's just going to matter who's going to be able to get, you know, the, a couple of those key stops. And, you know, if I'm a betting man, uh, I, you know, I put my money on LSU to get those stops. But I, I like this game to be, you know, in the high 30s to, to low to mid 40s. So, yeah, likewise. I hope so. I just want a good game uh, that's fun to watch. I, you know, I, I would rather watch a national championship unless it's two unbelievably good defenses, which LSU's not. I'd rather watch a, you know, 42 to 36 game than I would a nine to three game. For sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Uh, that's how like the good folks at Georgia Pecan before we get into some Florida Gator stuff. Absolutely. As always, uh, we're going to give a shout out to our friends over at South Georgia Pecan Company. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I'm sure there's some other holidays that are coming up, but uh, give them a call. Oh, you know, maybe New Year's resolution. Hey, maybe try hey, to yeah, yeah. I kind of hollered them about a, a Valentine's Day little, little there you day go. thing. Yeah, yeah, I gotta figure out something, man. That's right. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, you, you can have a Valentine's Day that's a nuts and nuts special. Anyway, uh, <laughs> give a call to South Georgia Pecan Company. It's 800-732-2646. Um, maybe your uh, New Year's resolution was to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe eat a little healthier. Uh, and you want to get onto pecans, walnuts, all that kind of stuff, give them a call. Um, GeorgiaPecan.com or 800-732-2646. So take us away. Hey, you're a wild man, man. Um, Marketing genius. That's all. So the media has been uh, on our little, on our bandwagon lately. I don't know what it is, man. Over the summer, we caught a lot of flack from the media, but the game's got played, and now the media is – is get is raving about us. Uh, some playoff predictions. Uh, Bleacher Report had us top seven. There's a lot of uh, Urban Meyer said we're the team to watch in 2020. Daniel, what's up? Yep. What's the vibes? Yeah, I know. And an Athlon rate us uh, number seven, I think, as well. So uh, I think a lot of teams are are very impressed with Dan Mullen for obvious reasons. Um, you know, I think returning Kyle Trask, uh, you know, the development and growth potentially of Emory Jones, uh, you know, the return of, uh, of a number of, of key players, your, your Trayvon Grimes, um, you know, as well as the development of an offensive line that, that should be adding some additional uh, pieces, but also, you know, just through development. Um, I think that this speaks volumes of Dan Mullen and, and his ability to uh, build a program on, you know, a program that was was very broken just uh, three seasons ago. Um I don't know if Florida can be in the 
college football playoff next year. But I also don't see why how they can't be in the college football playoff. And what I mean by that is this is truly a year where the SEC East is going to go through some potential reshuffling. Georgia seems to have a player transfer, you know, seemingly every other day now. You know, while the recruiting class is good, there's definitely a lot of question marks at, uh, you know, the quarterback position. And I know that they got the Wake Forest uh, quarterback transfer in, and I think that he's a hell of a prospect. I don't think he's a hell of a prospect for Georgia and for the offense that that Coley runs with uh, was smart. So I'm really curious to see how that whole situation pans out. Uh, but, you know, I think that Florida is returning a lot of those tools to be in the SEC East uh, or in the SEC championship and representing the SEC East. This is truly a year where Florida needs to be able to capitalize on, you know, some deficiencies, you know, amongst some of the other programs. Their schedule lines up really nicely. Uh, their West Coast, uh, you know, schedule, you know, lines up nicely, um, you know, in the SEC. So, so I think that a lot of teams are, are, pardon me, a lot of folks in the media are seeing that. But, you know, if anything, it speaks to a testament of what Dan Mullen's been able to uh, to put out on the field and, and where their growth trajectory is. Lots and lots and lots of hype. I'm, I'm feeling it. But, um, Ahmad, what do you think Dan's going to do to keep these guys uh, humble and working hard this offseason to offset some of this hype? I mean, you just, you just got to understand what, what's at stake. And, you know, we still talk about this get a standard that um, everybody, uh, you know, loves to, to scream out and talk about what it, you know, is the standard going eleven and two and and going to the Orange Bowl? Or is the standard getting to the Atlanta and winning the national championship? So um, if you're satisfied with what we we we've, we've been you know doing lately, I mean, yes, we've been progressing, but have we got back ultimately to where we really need to be? You get what I'm saying? And I don't think it's getting to the Orange Bowl, New Year Six, the New Year Six Bowl every year is is is, is where we want to be. I mean, it's it's a good place to be, but I mean, ultimately, I think we need to get to Atlanta. Um, you know, shuffle some things around, uh, you know, try to get to, to the Final Four um, somehow, some way next year and, and, and ultimately get back to the Gator standard um, that we talk about, not, you know, not just being satisfied in the, in the New York Six, New Year Six. So uh, I, I just think that, you know, Mullen, um, you know, you know, has to have these guys realize what's at stake, you know, and if, if I got to motivate you too much to, to, to want to be a national champion, then what are we doing? Absolutely. I'm with you on that, man. Um, Shout out to Todd Grantham. He's gonna be bad one more year as of now. I thought him coming back is is that's like the hype we're getting is why I wanted Todd Grantham back. Um mm-hmm. I think the schedule set up for us. I think Georgia's set up for us. I think like the East is, is ours for the taking. And I, I didn't want to learn a new DC. I didn't want a new guy to come in and mess up our energy and chemistry. All right. All right. So let's run this thing back one more time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whatever happens after next year, I'm cool with. Like a ride with, but let's run this thing back one more time, man. Because the, the schedule's set up, man. Um, we got the best quarterback in the SEC. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we went from who gonna throw the ball to we got the best quarterback in the league, man. And, and the guy behind him ain't no slouch. He may be too. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just set up, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing is is this is your this is your chance. You're not gonna have. You know, a lot of times where you have, you know, a number of teams that are going to be replacing as much as they are, you know, Georgia is truly replacing their entire offense except for the wide receiver position. So, you know, this is this is your time. Uh, This is where, you know, you guys having, you know, almost zero uh, staff turnover over the last couple of years, being able to really get together and work together. Uh, and build off each other. You know, I think, you know, keeping Todd Grantham was, was huge, not only for, for keeping him and, you know, the development that he has and the trust that, you know, the players have in him, but it's also keeping guys like Christian Robinson on staff. And, you know, you never know if a guy like David Turner might go as well. 
you know, David Turner was football scoops, uh, defensive line coach of the year. So, you know, potentially not losing those guys, plus, you know, potentially losing like a Brian Johnson becoming an offensive coordinator, whatever it might be. That's huge for staff continuity. I'll give a shout out to Nick Delatore from Gator Country. He wrote an article that talks about how Clemson with their very, very, very limited, you know, staff turnover over the first, you know, six, seven years of, of Dabo Sweeney's tenure there is the reason why Clemson really was able to build a program. So, you know, I'm excited about the future of this team. Yeah, it's key, man. Um, Todd Grantham had a top 10 defense. Uh, we just got any of that guy coming back, especially with the athletes. He, he's recruiting guys that he bringing in for his scheme. It's only going to get better. That top 10 is only going to get better once he gets his guys on campus, man. But when you win it big, attendance is big. You got some attendance. Uh, for sure. News. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's an article that SI put out, and it talked about all of the issues that are facing, you know, average attendance, um, you know, and how it's declining across college football. And, uh, you know, for most of the FBS, it looks like it fell from 2014 to 2018, it fell by 7.6%. And I think that that's a discussion maybe we can have in the offseason, or what are some ways that you improve that, that game day experience? Silk, I know that you're, uh, you're often up in the Champions Club, and in, in Black, you're often on the uh, the sideline there. But maybe for the uh, the rest of the folks that are in between there, how we can improve the uh, the stadium experience. But uh, shout out to the Florida Gators, who uh, were one of the only teams in college football to uh, to have their attendance raised last uh, last year in the 2019 season. It raised uh, up about 2,000 fans per game. So Dan Mullen, when he got hired, talked about how you have to win the swamp every week. And you know, I know Black, you're gonna you. Uh, I want to hear your opinion on this as well. But, you know, have, you know, being there, you know, being loud, you know, being in your seat right around kickoff time, all that's going to be huge. But for Florida, uh, you know, having, you know, almost 85,000 people uh, in the stadium um, is huge. And it's, it's great to see, you know, fans coming back in and seeing a great product because, you know, we've talked about it. It's unbelievable to watch you know, sports from the comfort of your own home, but to go up to Gainesville, which isn't close for a lot of people to go up there and, and have, you know, nearly 85,000 people a week is a, is a huge testament to what Dan Mullen's been able to do. Cause it was falling, uh, it was falling bad. It was falling really, really bad before that. Yeah. Things on up and up. Yeah. And before we, I don't want, we, you mentioned it, but David Turner was named uh football schools, D line coach another year. So shout out to the coach Turner, man, killing on the trail, killing on the field. Big things, man. A lot of people wasn't too excited about that high, but it turned out to be high. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think there were so many question marks about who he was and, you know, what, what his past, you know, pedigree was. But um, he's come in. He's a guy that a bunch of the players love uh, and, and continue to shout him out. Um, he, he's, an, he's a gem, and he's those guys that you need to find when you are a head coach and you do have a, you know, coach kind of unexpectedly leave. Landing a guy like David Turner has obviously been huge and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do with this uh, defensive line going into year three. His second year, but Dan Mullen's third year. We have 15 early enrollees step on campus, and, and they're working out with a team. Guys that just signed, freshmen. Who's your favorite guy? The other guys, this is who you're looking forward to seeing in spring practice. Here, I can yeah. I can read them all off to you because there's a couple transfers in there, including uh, Pouncey from Texas and, and Lingard. So um, you have Josh Braun, offensive lineman. You have Jeremy Crenshaw from, let's see, he came from Emu Plains in New South Wales, Australia. He's our punter. Lamar Goods, uh, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, Richie Leonard, uh, running back Lorenzo Lingard, 
defensive back Ethan Pouncey, his brother, the transfer from Texas, uh, wide receiver Jordan Pouncey, linebacker Antoine Powell, QB Anthony Richardson, DB Rashard Torrance, DB Jahari Rogers, and offensive lineman Isaiah Walker. Uh, it looks like there's maybe a potential, a uh, few other guys, maybe some walk-ons, uh, preferred walk-ons, and Noah Keeter, who transferred from UCLA, former three-star guy, uh, that was going to be a preferred walk-on from Florida, got a full ride to UCLA, stuck it out there with Chip Kelly for uh, a semester and said, I'm out. Um, and so he's back. Um, Hayden Knighton, who's an offensive lineman, and then Nick Sessa, uh, who's a kicker. So a lot of names, but uh, Black, who are you most excited about? Uh, man, I just want to see, I want, I want to see these, these, these policy boys, man. And, uh, you know, they, they got a lot of hype when they uh, decided to come to Florida. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Lakeland guy with, with the original Pouncey brothers. So um, I just want to see, you know, uh, what these guys can bring uh, to and help us with our depth in the secondary as well as um, our depth in the receiver room. Uh, I think a lot of people have questions about the receiver room. So um, I, I just want to see how those guys come out and, uh, and compete, um, you know, and, and, you know, for these guys to be able to, to come to school early and be early enrollees. Um, that's something special. That mean those guys took care of their business in the classroom, um, as well as on the field. Um, I was an early enrollee. Uh, it was super cool to to be able to come to to college uh, in in the middle of 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 a school year, somewhat. Um, you know, and, and it was just like the icing on my cake. You know, it was uh, I, I went to school for all these years, and now I'm finally in college, and I got to do a little bit, a tad bit early because uh, I took care of everything I needed to in the classroom. So um, overall, I'm excited for all of these guys, uh, but I, I'm I'm ready to see the Pouncey boys. Yeah, I'm going to go with Braun. Um, I think that's going to be somebody that's going to play in the fall. I think he could potentially take a starting job. I think uh, a lot of those positions are going to be up for grab. I think Isaiah Walker probably mm -hmm. has the higher ceiling of the guys coming in in the trenches, but ready to play right now. I think Braun is physically ready to um, do some things, and, he's, and he gets to lift weights early. So that's oh, what I'm looking forward to. He's a He's huge, and he's like 6'6", 356, or 346, whatever Florida put uh, on their roster. He's incredible size. I'm excited to see where, where he comes uh, and goes in his career. I, I think the player, and you guys mentioned some good ones there, I think I'm going to go with Jahari Rogers just because I think uh, of the players that are coming on the campus, he's raw at the position, uh, but so uber-talented, um, has great speed, uh, has great ability to move on the ball. We saw that in the Under Armour game. Uh, so I'm excited to see where he goes. I think that he's going to be a truly uh, good part of this uh, defensive backfield moving forward and, and carrying that DBU logo on his uh, on his back. Already, we got a big guest this week. Before we get to him, guest of the week is brought to you by Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, holler at my man Greg nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Big policies, auto, home. Life, hit my man Greg up. Who we got, Daniel? We got uh, Matt Dendecker, who's uh, one of the uh, Gator greats, uh, outfielder, uh, known for his web gems, got featured on ESPN a bunch of times, uh, got to play in uh, the major leagues for, for a number of years with the, uh, the Mets, uh, the Nationals, the Tigers, 
the Mets again, and then uh, he signed with the Marlins for a little bit. And now he's going to be a uh, a volunteer coach, is my understanding, with the uh, University of Florida baseball team this year. Um, he also oh, happened to be um, my best friend in kindergarten and first grade. So uh, let's get. Oh, I see you from the crib. I see yeah, already. Coral Springs representative. Yeah, I see. Um, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll get him on. Talk to him about uh, his time in Florida. What uh, you know, his experience in uh, in the major leagues and, and what he's up to now. Cam, dial him up. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time, and actually the first baseball guest that we've ever had on Stadium and Gale, uh, is former Gator center fielder uh, Matt Dendecker. I uh, played in the major leagues for a few years, but Matt, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on, and you know, I guess it's about time to get a, a baseball player on <laughs> on the show. So I'm um, happy to be on with you guys. Absolutely. Well, Matt, um, you and I have known each other since we were uh, about five years old um, over there at Coral Springs Christian School. But, uh, you know, I moved uh, after uh, after first grade to a different school. We kind of lost touch there for a bit. But you ultimately uh, ended up at UF and uh, at the same time, uh, same time as me and, and obviously a mod as well. But talk to us a little bit about your story and how you ended up uh, at the uh, at the University of Florida. Yeah, for sure. Um so like I said, started at a young age in, uh, in South Florida, Coral Springs Christian, went there for a few years, actually left, came back there um, for middle school, um, and then went to high school in Fort Lauderdale, at a small Christian school to Westminster Academy, um, where I wasn't highly recruited at a high school. I was, I was kind of doing um, a two-way thing. I was pitching and playing outfield, and um, I think that kind of um, kept me from getting looks as an outfielder. That's what that's what I wanted to do at the next level in college. I wanted to be an outfielder and, and hit and all that. Um, but you know, I ended up getting some looks at from smaller schools. And then um, my cousin, who was a, a pitcher at the same high school as me, uh, signed to go to Florida. And the um, recruiting coordinator at the time was always watching him come and watching pitch. And like, who's that? Uh, who's the center fielder out there? He's like, oh, that's my cousin. Uh, cousin Matt. And, so I ended up talking to uh, Ross Jones, who was the recruiting coordinator at the time. And uh, he's like, yeah, come up to the camp. And so I did that. came up to the camp in Gainesville um, over the winter before my senior season started. And they liked this also. Um, I got a small scholarship to start. Um, and it's kind of kind of cool. I just, you know, earned my way on the team um, each year, kind of getting better each year, um, improving. And, you know, my senior year, I think I got the most scholarship that I've had. Um, in my four years I was here. So it kind of, uh, it wasn't, nothing was really given to me in college. I kind of enjoy that kind of, um, you know, playing that kind of way where you have something to prove and that made it um, fun for me as well going along my college career. Absolutely. And I want to talk to you a lot more about your college career uh, here a little bit later, but uh, you ultimately ended up getting drafted in what the fifth round by the, uh, the Mets. Talk to us a little bit about your experience uh, in the major leagues, because you had, you know, a relatively long career, what, you know, seven, eight years um, in the major leagues. So talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, obviously anybody getting drafted, that's their goal to get to the major leagues. And um, I think baseball, it's tough because a lot of people just see, um, you know, the major leagues and all these guys getting paid millions of dollars. But what a lot of people don't see is the, um, the guys that are in the lower levels of the minor leagues. Um, it's, it's definitely a grind to get to the major leagues 
it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, you know preparation, and you obviously got to go out there and perform. So um, I played with the Mets for uh, got drafted in 2010. Um, played with them for three years, and 2013 um, I got called up for the first time to the big leagues. Um, you know, just it was everything that I dreamed of as a kid growing up. You know, you I. I would go to baseball games all the time down in South Florida, watching the Marlins, and just dreaming of that moment. And um, you know, I honestly couldn't tell you about the the day, the, my first game. I was, um, you know, probably so nervous I can't remember any, anything from it. Uh, but um, you know, you walk into the stadium, you see these, you know, these these places that you've seen on TV, and it's just kind of a dream come true at the time. But um, after after those those feelings kind of go away, um, you know, the next toughest thing about baseball is you know, staying in the major league. So, um, um, you had, you got to work hard. You got to, you know, perform to stay in the major leagues because there's, you know, another 30 guys in triple A behind you trying to take your spot. So, um, that's part of the thing too, is you got to, um, first of all, get there, but then the hardest part is, you know, staying there. And I think for me, I've had, I had some flashes of playing well, but I think I never really performed, um, how I'd like to, to, you know, really, um, solidify myself as an everyday big league player, but you know I can't complain. I uh, was up and down in the big leagues for I think seven years, so I can't complain with how things turned out and um, enjoying my time back now in Gainesville. Absolutely. So, so tell us, and, and then we'll kind of you know intertwine or intertwine your your story in there. Tell us a little bit about more about what you're doing now in in Gainesville. Yeah. So um, my last year playing professionally, uh, I wasn't signed by a team and. I uh, decided to go play independent ball to see if I could, you know, get looks at and maybe get signed by an affiliated team. Um, but after months out there grinding in the uh, independent leagues, I just I knew it was time to hang out. I got a, a family, I got a two-year-old son, and my wife. We're we're all here together now. And um, you know, I talked to Kevin O'Sullivan, who's the coach at Florida, and I was like, Hey, I'm coming back to um, to Gainesville to take my classes, and he's like, Hey, you want to? come and be a student assistant. They've had a uh, you know, few guys come back and do that in the past. And I was like, that sounds great. Um, you know, I know I've always wanted to stay around the game. I think, you know, just being fresh out of the game, I think this is the best opportunity for me to, um, you know, get into the college level of coaching while I finish my, uh, my degree. So, you know, I had, a, you know, just a little bit over a semester of school left. So I think, you know, being back here in Gainesville and, you know, getting some experience coaching, I mean, if I hate it after a year, it's it's a perfect opportunity to, um, you know, say I, you know, I gave it a shot and and move on to the next chapter. But um, so far, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying being around the guys here in Gainesville. Awesome, man, awesome. So let's go back to your time in Gainesville. Uh, what are some of your favorite memories or or maybe a play that you had that that sticks out in your career? Yeah. So um, after my junior season, I was drafted um, by the Pirates. And we had lost in the Super Regionals, like, you know, one step away from Omaha going to the College World Series. And I had a, I didn't have a great year at all my junior year. Um, so I thought I thought long and hard about it. I stayed actually in Gainesville and, and worked out here and, and decided to eventually just come back to school and finish out my senior season, um, you know, just with the guys that I played with for four years. So um, at the end of the season, um, we ended up breaking through and making it to Omaha. Uh, we beat Miami in the Super Regionals, which made it even sweeter. So uh, I think that would probably be my top moment, just, you know, finally getting through, going to the College World Series, um, you know, doing it with the group of guys that we had here, you know, guys that I still talk to um, 10 years later. So 
that's probably something that sticks out to me the most. I got you. And then, you know, I know some of these other, you know, guys have questions as well, but what do you owe, you know, the difference, you know, when Kevin O'Sullivan got hired, cause he wasn't the head coach your freshman year, mm-hmm. right? No, um, Pat McMahon, Ron yeah. Jones and Tim Parrington, they were here before the, or for one year when I was there, they recruited me. Gotcha. So what was the difference? And, you know, I know Florida made the college world series in what, 2005, right before mm-hmm. uh, you came to, to campus. And then, you know, Florida, you know, had a couple up and down years and now they're consistently a, a major player at the, uh, the national basketball or national baseball scene. What does mm-hmm. Ke- Kevin Sullivan do different and, and how has he been able to elevate the program so much in you know, just the last 10 years or so? Yeah. I mean, obviously they do a, a really good job recruiting. They get some good players in here. Um, you know, some of the best in, not only the state of Florida, but in the country, but, um, you know, they, they do a really, really good job of motivating players and a really good job of developing players. Um, you know, I, my freshman year, I, I think I hit like 230, not a great year. And, and I knew they came in, they, they basically told me the job was mine to play center field, which not only gave me confidence to go out there and play well, but they also, you know, helps instill like a, a really good work ethic, a really good program for, um, you know, developing as a hitter in an outfielder so that, that I think took my game to the next level. So, um, you know, it was nice to be able to work with them for three years and, um, you know, kind of keep up with the relationship with them. And I know a lot of guys that leave always come back and, and um, you know, continue to have that relationship with those guys. Hey, what's up, man? It's still. What's up, Seth? Not, nothing much, man. Hey, what's your opinion on like the way sports is set up now with, with, with kids playing um, little league? It's pretty much year round. Like, I got friends with kids that play baseball, and they travel like year round all the time. They, the kids don't really play other sports. Um, did you play other sports in high school? And what's your opinion on on, on that as far as like the travel leagues and? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I can I couldn't be more totally against like just playing baseball. I think it's really important for guys and girls and for all kids to play other sports just to develop I think first as an athlete you can learn you know different skills playing basketball and football um you know I like playing golf I think there's different skills that you can learn um in all those sports that you can't just learn when you're playing one sport so I think um you know being able to develop as an athlete first and then you know you know as you get older maybe later down the line as a uh, in high school, junior, senior year, maybe then you would um, focus on one sport and narrow down what if you did want to go to the next level, what you'd want to do. So I think, yeah, like at a young age, I think it's crazy. <laughs> you see these parents dishing out the, the kind of money they do and the kind yeah, of time they spend tra- traveling around the state, around the country for for seven, eight, nine-year-old kids. And like, you know, you got great sport, sports leagues in your cities where you can be playing soccer, you can be playing football or, or whatever and um, you know developing developing as an athlete absolutely i agree um you was at uf at a time was great athletes on playing basketball winning national championships football winning national championships mm-hmm. um who's your favorite to watch like who's your favorite athlete out of everybody that was on campus oh man um i, I was definitely here during some good years um, you know, I went to I went to a ton of basketball games. Um, I loved watching Corey Brewer play basketball here when I was here. Um, went to I went to all the football games. I would say um, 
man, it's tough to pick one one guy. But I mean, I mean, obviously everybody says Tebow just because what he did. But I think Percy Harvin, just um, you know the plays that he made. Um, I think that man, that offense was just so good to watch, and so so um, you know they could do something at any any moment of the game. So um, I would say Percy Harvin prize for the from the football team and Corey Brewer from the basketball team. Nice. And did you guys, as the baseball team, watching those two win championships, did you guys feel a little lo- uh, lost in the sauce? <laughs> for sure, man. Um, we, uh, I think we had a, we had a young team when I came here. After my freshman year, we had a pretty young team. My sophomore year, we were young, and um, you know we saw the success of the football and the basketball. And I think that that just drove us to be better. And I think it, it, it I think it did because my freshman year. We didn't even make a regional. We didn't make the playoffs. Um, and then my so- or my sophomore year, we went to a regional, junior year, super regional, and then uh, my senior year to a to a um, to the college world series. So we improved every year. We got better every year. And I think, I mean, just the culture here in Gainesville, you see other teams winning. I think you feed off that as a team. Yo, it's Ahmad Black. So. Uh... You know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, kids playing other different sports and whatnot. Um, what other sports did you play uh, besides baseball? Oh, yeah, I should have, I should have mentioned that. So, um, early in high school, I played basketball through my um, freshman okay. year in middle, middle school. And um, my freshman year, Did you play year, with Dan? Played... No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> we only went to school together for, I think, first grade was our last year. Yeah. I was saying, in um, PE, though, was he, was he coordinated yeah, in PE? No, nah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I, Did they pick him last? Damn, he was a stud. He was a stud back then, man. Yeah, uh, still, uh, still I am. That's right. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> Your checks in the mail, Matt. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I played. I played. Um, I played basketball for a few years. I played golf um, through my sophomore year in high school and. I still enjoy playing those um, those sports. It's um, you know, there's the competitiveness in those, and I'll go to the go to the gym here in Gainesville and play some basketball just to you know get that the competitive juices going. And you know, same with golf. I go out with my buddies, and we you know we get after on the golf course. Just the the competition, like that. You know, you know how athletes are. You want to get out there, and you want to yeah. win. So I think you um, you play different sports, and you learn how to win in different ways. You learn how to develop in different ways. Hey, Matt, let me let me ask you. You know, we you know, Mods talked about this on the show as well. What is it like, you know, spending your entire you know life from the time that you were you know four or five years old when you first started to play t-ball, you know, all the way up into to last season uh, when you're playing professional baseball? What's it like to no longer you know have to go through that grind or or no longer you know play it? You know, have to play at that professional level, um, mindset wise, and and how do you deal with you know the first you know, couple months and, you know, first year after it's, after it's done. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a transition. Um, I'm still going through it right now. I think um, being around the, being around the game still has helped, but you know, it's something I miss, miss a lot. Miss going out there and playing. I think it's, I think a lot of it's just missing like being around my teammates, um, you know, being around that camaraderie of, um, you know, working together for, for a goal, but, you know, the first couple months after I got done, I got home and I'm just like, what do I do for, what do I do for the whole day? So I, I knew I had to get ready for classes in the fall, but I was home in June. So I had about 
three months to figure out. <laughs> so I got, I, I had a part-time job. I was doing like lessons with baseball, but I just, you know, have a lot more free time. Um, and you got to find stuff to do. So I think, um, you know, having a family here with the support was huge. I think, you know, having, having a little two-year-old son running around kept me busy. Uh, a lot of those things kept me busy, but, um, you know, I can see how easy it is for, for someone that doesn't have those things to, um, you know, get out of sports, a sport career and, you know, have difficult, a difficult time transitioning. But, um, you know, it's a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my life after, after baseball, but, you know, I'm excited for it. Well, definitely that we know we're going to, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to change the topic completely. No, I was just going to say, you know, we, we, uh, we, uh, we, you know, uh, after foot or after baseball or after football, whatever the sport may be, um, when you play at a high level, um, you, you, even when you don't play at a high level, you know, even as kids, um, we develop these skills, um, that'll be, uh, you know, with us for the rest of our lives. Um, and that's one of the pros of playing sport is, uh, we learn, you know, you know, sportsmanship. We, well, some of us do. Um, we learn, we learn uh, how to, how to, uh, you know, you know, be on a team and teamwork and things of that nature. Um, and and that, you know, goes a long way in life. So, um, you know, regardless of if we play at a high level or if we, you know, just play in little league or you know, high school or whatever the case may be, um, I think we we all learn necessary tools to help us out uh, through our life. For sure, for sure, no doubt. Uh, Matt, you know, I, I had a, a couple of friends of mine and, um, you know, just some folks I grew up with, you know, end up playing minor league baseball and, you know, minor league baseball is definitely a very different grind than I think that most people ever have to deal with in their lives. Um, but also probably a place that you have a lot of cool stories where you travel by bus and do all that kind of fun stuff, spend a lot of time <laughs> close together. Any interesting stories for your time in the minor leagues or, or anything that you want to share? Yeah, I have one story that I usually tell when people ask about like minor league and the bus story. So, um, I was in uh, AAA in, I think it was 2012, my first year up in AAA. I was, we were in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, traveling to um, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. That's where it was. Yeah. Well, it was about a five-hour trip, and we were, we were halfway there. It's the middle of the night. It's probably midnight. We had a night game. And um, we get off the bus to uh, get some food at a, a rest area. I think it was a McDonald's there. And, I wasn't hungry. I, I decided to go to the bathroom and uh, take my time in the bathroom. And I'm like, I got, I got at least 10 minutes to, you know, use the bathroom before they're all done at McDonald's. So I take my time up four or five minutes, come out, everybody's gone. So I'm like, dang, that was fast. They got their food. Uh, McDonald's, McDonald's was quick, got their food. And I, I get out to the parking lot, the bus is gone. And I'm in the, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> I, um, I, did, I, I did have my uh, wallet with me. I left that on the bus. I looked down at my phone and I had 1% battery on my phone. So I'm like, this is dead. They got to be messed with me. It's got to be a joke. So I call one of my buddies on the bus. I'm like, where are you guys at? He's like, what do you mean? We're, uh, we're on the bus. So apparently the McDonald's, they didn't, it was like two in the morning. They didn't want to serve a full team of baseball guys at two in the morning. I guess they didn't have enough staff on hand. And everybody had gotten back on the bus and, and just taken off. So I was, they were three or four minutes down the road. I think it was a dark, like two lane road. And I'm like, I'm at the rest stop. You guys left me here. And uh, my phone's about to die. 
So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit. You know, I'm like a young guy on the team, just got called up from double A. And they're like, all right, just, just start running down the road. I run down the road. There's no lights or anything. So I start like, I start like uh-huh. jogging down the road. Um, you know, I, I probably ran like a mile and the, the bus started backing up because they couldn't turn around on, on the two lane road. So I ended up catching up to the bus about, you know, a mile down the road and, um, had a good story to tell after. <laughs> damn, man. Damn. Uh, it's uh, it's that time. Um, you want to learn a little bit about about this team? Preseason ranked top fifteen. Uh, you're going to be uh, probably starting practice here pretty soon, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or I know that they did a little bit of fall practice as well. I know the NCAA allows that now. What can we expect out of uh, this team for for this season? Yeah, so we uh, we'll start fall pra- or start spring practice here in in a couple weeks. We had a really nice fall. Um, the offense swung the bat really well. And I was surprised, you know, how well we pitched. We got a, I would say, a fairly young team. I think we only have one senior position player, or maybe two senior position players, and then a few pitchers that are seniors. But for the majority of our team, we're going to have some, you know, some sophomores and juniors that are uh, that are can uh, contribute mostly. Um, but from what I saw in the fall, if um, if we can keep up swinging the bats how we did, um, we're gonna we're gonna have a really really good season um you know last year the question marks were the pitching the pitching struggle down the stretch and in big games but i think we're gonna have some guys step up that came with a, a lot of these guys have another year under their belt of uh, experience so the freshmen and sophomores from last year now they're gonna be juniors and uh and sophomores so i think they will they'll grow they'll get better and i think that will have a, a really good season that's awesome, man. And then, what, we're a couple seasons away from that new baseball field. How excited are you guys for that? Yeah, that's right. Next year, it's going to be the, the first year at the stadium. Um, it'll be off, you know, close to the softball stadium. It'll be all in the same area of softball. And, and I think lacrosse is over there, too. And it looks it looks amazing from what I've seen so far. So um, it's been it's been long overdue to get that new stadium done. Um, with all the success that baseball's had, I think they deserve that. How crazy is it that when you you went to school with Tebow, now he's playing baseball for the um, the Mets? How crazy is that? <laughs> it's 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 pretty cool, man. I actually um, my last year playing um, with the Mets in 2018, he was there with the Mets as well. So it was cool to be able to uh, you know talk to him about you know some Gator stuff and um, see how he was adjusting to the game. Um, I don't, you know, I know it's you know people kind of give him a hard time about going to play baseball. He's not playing well but people don't remember he hadn't played baseball since since high school i think just being able to like jump in and go play minor league baseball one of like with some of the best players you know in the country in the world and he's had some success i think he's still got some work to do i think he missed out on a ton of reps from you know the years that he didn't play so i think he's still catching up on those do you think then- he uh end up ends up getting a shot and playing in mlb um, I think he's still got a lot left to prove. I think, I mean, he's close. He's in AAA. He had some success at AA, some flashes there. Um, I think this is this will be a big year for him. I think if he can come out and prove that he's made steps, I think he could get a shot up in the big leagues. But I think that's the big question mark. If he can go out and prove that he can, you know, hit the highest level under big league, the big leagues in AAA, hit those pitchers. 
you got to be successful and you got to dominate those pitchers before you're going to get a chance to go up and, and um, get a chance in the big leagues. And so, Matt, what was the the mood around the team when a guy like Tebow comes on board? Hasn't you know played you know organized mm-hmm. baseball since high school? Um, you know, automatically you know joins the team, and then all of a sudden you know has all this fanfare. Um, you know, maybe is getting promoted a little bit quicker than some of the other guys or peers that, that may have some better numbers or, or whatnot. How does the team take that? And, and was the team pretty receptive to a guy like him? you know, being on the, on the team or do they view him as a distraction or, or kind of what's the mood uh, around the team when, when, when Tebow's there? Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, guys were pretty receptive to him being there. Nobody, nobody really, you know, was negative about him being there or thought their spot was getting taken. I think um, maybe guys that were outside of the, outside of the team that were maybe free agents kind of would question that, but, um, you know, within the team, I think everybody was positive and, you know, wanted to try to help them out to get better. And I think uh, there wasn't there wasn't really anything negative going on about him. I think, you know, obviously you get all the fans and everything. I just, you know, I think it's just kind of cool how many people would come out to support him. And obviously he's he's always swamped with, you know, people trying to get autographs and all that. So a lot of us would just sneak by and not have to worry about signing anything. <laughs> Yeah, I got you, man. I got you. So, uh, last uh, last two questions, kind of related, just because you played for both teams. Uh, one, the Nationals won the uh, the World Series this year. So, any of the guys that you played with there, uh, have you talked to any of them, or, or what was that experience like for them? Yeah, I talked to a few of the guys, um, and it was it was awesome to watch them. Actually, my hitting coach that I played for in AAA was promoted this past year to, to the assistant hitting coach, and I was you know I was happy for him to you know, be able to finally get to the big leagues and coach, but also to win a world series up there. Um, so quickly was, was pretty cool for him, but, uh, you know, it's really cool. Now when I watch the games, like it's tough for me to watch a game when I don't, you know, know guys playing, but to be able to watch the nationals with guys that I kind of came up with Trey Turner, um, Michael Taylor, and a few of those guys that I played with in triple a and in the big leagues. Um, you know, see see them succeed and see them do well, especially in the biggest stage of the World Series is really cool to watch. That's awesome, man. And I guess my final question, and it's a guy that you played with as well, um, you know, talk about succeeding on the highest stage, uh, you know, Pete Alonso this year, uh, home run derby champion, rookie of the year. Um, mm-hmm. how, what what does Pete owe, you know, as a, some un, unbelievable season too, and, you know, what's what's going through his head and, and, and how was that first year uh, in the bigs for him? Yeah, it was unbelievable to watch. Um, you know, I, he's obviously a, a tremendous hitter. He's a really good hitter. But I think the thing that kind of separates him is his ability to, like, shut off thinking and just go up there and um, stick to what he does best and hit a baseball. Baseball, a lot of times you get in your own head and you start thinking and, and you do some wrong, a little thing wrong here and there and it'll really screw you up. But I think he has a really, um, you know, besides his physical – um, aspects of the game. He's he has a really does a really good job mentally of um, preparing himself and you know kind of getting out of his head and not not letting things affect him. And that that helps a lot, like from going into longer slumps or struggling at at um, at certain times. So I think he does a good job at that, and you know hopefully he'll keep a level headed and continue to have that success. I love it, man. Well, Matt, hey. thanks so much. Oh, go ahead. So, hey, Matt, let me let me get one more. Um, 
Matt, we just I had a conversation on, on this other podcast that I do, um, Big Three Roll Up. Um, we had a conversation about Barry Bonds and, and um, the, the steroid area. What's your um, opinion about those guys eventually getting in um, the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're getting the Hall of Fame anytime soon. I don't. I actually, was talking about this with a buddy the other day. I don't. I don't really know all about the failed test, but I think the part that frustrates me and I'm sure other players is like when guys blatantly cheat when they blatantly um, try to hide the things they're taking. I think A-Rod got busted for that. I think he blatantly tried to cut corners and, and take steroids. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I know back in the steroid era, a ton of guys were doing it. I'm sure a ton of guys that weren't even um, you know caught. So it's tough to point fingers, obviously, because he's the best player in the game. Um, but, you know, I think the, when guys blatantly cheat, I think those guys should be banned. But, um, you know, eventually they may have a special spot in the Hall of Fame for, for that era of guys. But I think you got to look at the guys that blatantly try to go bend the rules and try to better themselves and, you know, keep those guys out. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I appreciate you, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, no problem. And, hey, yeah, Matt, tell fun. everybody where they can uh, they can find you, follow you on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram. I think it's just Matt Bendecker, and Twitter it's Upper Decker. Um, you know, go check it out. I'll try to post them on some stuff on there, some Gainesville, so you guys can um, see what's going on here in the Gator Nation. Absolutely, Matt. Well, we I'm definitely coming it, to a baseball game this year. Definitely pulling up to a baseball game. We definitely pulling up. Got, I live in Gainesville, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna come to a few this year. Yeah, we're gonna do it tomorrow. I'll see you guys out there. I'm there for sure. All right. All right, man. We'll see you. All right, guys. Thank you. Matt Dendecker. Matt, hey, Matt's the only guy that will ever vouch for uh, Dan athletically. That's why he brought him on, bro. Yep. That's right. That, that's the reason. After all these years of slander, <laughs> no, you you know, make, I might have I might have been five years sure old, but better make sure you send the mail, man. Say what? You better make sure you send a check in the mail. Uh, yeah, I got to make sure the check clears too. You know, we'll move some things around. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to get a different voice on. You know, we don't talk you know a lot about the other sports. Um, we've been purposefully avoiding one sport that's happening right now, uh, but we don't talk a lot about you know track and field and baseball and uh, softball and, and those sports as much. And so it's good to get those voices on. You know, we had Stacey Nelson on what probably six eight weeks ago. Now we had Grant Holloway on last week and then Matt Dender for this week. We want to try to make this as well rounded of a show as possible. So uh, oh, definitely on the Matt. interviews. Yeah, we want to hang out with anybody that's putting this logo on. Man, let's do it. Sure. Amai, you got the word of the week for the people and for Daniel? Daniel, it's going to sound crazy, but, it, you know, the word <laughs> of the week is fried, Dan. It's fried. Yeah, it's fried. This could go like last week. Yeah, this could go last week. So, <laughs> fried could either mean, like, like tired and just beat and just ready to go home and just relax. Fried can probably mean <laughs> under the... Uh, <laughs> Under the influence of some illegal drugs, 
those are my two my two I, guesses. I, I, I got to be a legal drug, Dan. I mean, they, some some people can be on legal drugs and they have prescriptions for stuff, Dan. You know, sure, but they're probably not taking the recommended dosage. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> you're right about that, bro. That's you go. <laughs> In the hood, if somebody say you fried, then I mean, you mean you're under the influence or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that before. Uh, not about me per se, but just in, in general in my life. So, yeah, they, this one yeah. better than last week. It We're did. Better. It did. It's progress. <laughs> progress. Progress is key. Yeah. All right. That's right. I appreciate that, Amon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All man. right, man. Before we get into this recruiting talk, man, shout out to the good folks at Gator Kicks. Enter your gated drip, shoes, joggers, tees. How are the good folks at the Gator Kicks? They're on Instagram, uh, thegatorkicks.com. They're also on Twitter. I'll let them customize your J's, your Air Force Ones, whatever you need. Recruiting talk. This is my favorite segment. My favorite part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody's favorite. around here, right? Yeah. I mean, it was my favorite part. Yeah, you get. I mean, this is your PTO. You get. You get the vibe. <laughs> it's all good. We got a segment coming for you right after this cycle ends. But um, yeah, we got to commit. We got some visits through a uh, recap. Dan, take it from the top. All right. So, uh, starting with uh, with twenty twenty one, Florida got a, uh, a a commitment from a running back from uh, Palmetto High School. I think on some sites he's ranked as a three star. I think on a, on a few others he's uh, he's not yet ranked. Five uh, nine, one hundred seventy seven pound speedster. Um, he's the ninth commit of this class. Uh, exciting player. Uh, like uh, like him a lot. I know that there's a couple players at Palmetto that Florida's after. Uh, so get a guy like him. You know, Florida's obviously real high on him. Different kind of running back than the guys that they've had. Uh, you know, in the past under uh, under Dan Mullen at least. Well, you know, over the last 10 years that, you know, our different kind of running back that Florida's had over the last 10 years, uh, kind of that speedster type of guy, but, uh, you know, guy that has a ton of speed and, and, you know, we'll be good to see, uh, you know, how he fits into this offense. But, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on this show is, you know, really wanting Florida to make sure that not only are they getting those, you know, top skill players from, from height and size, but also make sure that they're trying to capitalize on that speed uh, piece. And, and Brashard Smith from Palmetto high school is definitely a big guy that, that fits that mold. Don't know a ton about him, but uh, you know, excited to see what he does his, uh, his senior year. Yeah, definitely. Me and Ahmad talked about it behind the scenes before like this happened. Like we're getting we're getting big physical guys and all that stuff. We're big and physical now, and especially in the skills positions. But we need some speed. And this guy, right? It, this guy is, is electric with the ball in his hands. We got a lot of speed, a different maker. Um, then like you say, he's different to everybody we got in our running back room, man. So um, great get. I just the way don't, I, start off twenty one. I, I don't think people realize, um, you know, the whole basis of our team when Urban was here was speed and everything was built around speed. And we had speed everywhere except at the strong safety spot. I mean, you don't talk about him. You know, that, that, <laughs> you yeah. everybody else around him was, was extremely fast. Um, we had speed all the way across the board, um, you know, and, and, and that's, that, that, you know, that was the, that was the deal breaker sometime, man. We were just way faster than everybody. And on top of that, you know, we played hard. So uh, when you play hard, you play fast with fast guys, um, great things happen for you. Visit updates. Sorry, I was on. I was on mute there. Um, 
No, uh, and for those that are wondering, yes, he does have an Alabama offer. Um, you know, kid is is going to be good because <laughs> uh, I know that's the first question. Um, you know, the the kid is is you know like we were just talking about, just a different type of guy. You know, I see Florida absolutely pairing him with you know more traditional uh, running back that you know you're used to seeing Florida get your Naquan Rice, your Damian Pierce's, those kind of guys. But to get a guy like him, that teams need to you know make sure that they can you know, add, you know, an extra person out there to, to protect the edges and, and who knows, you know, what that opens up on the field. Uh, I'm excited to see a guy like him in, in Dan Mullen's offense. Likewise, brethren. Likewise. But that's where we're at with, tw- that's where we're at with 2021. Um, 2020, we're, you know, what, three weeks away uh, from national signing day. So we've got a couple big ones. Um, you know, I know a lot of people on this show and on Twitter have wondered about Justin Shorter. Uh, he did announce that uh, in two weeks he's going to be visiting Florida officially on the 24th. Um, we talked about him not uh, enrolling until the summer, um, but he is going to take his official visit on the 24th. And I think that as long as Florida wants him, um, you know, they can they can get him on that uh, that 24th visit. What do you guys uh, think about that or any update on your end? So. Uh, no up- update from my end. Um, just pretty much the visit set up. So, uh, I mean, likely he's going to make a decision um, of where he's going to go pretty soon here. Yeah, I don't know if he set up any other visits. I know he talked about setting up some other visits, but, you know, he's been in Gainesville. He was in Gainesville, um, you know, by himself when other coaches were there. So, you know, five-star yeah, I- kid. Yeah, if we get him, we get him. Uh, I'm a little right. at ease with the wide receiver position, especially after yep. getting Xavier Henderson in the fold. He would be a great add, no doubt, yep. man. But I'm, I'm just like not as desperate right now. So yep. it's one I'm gonna keep an eye, eye, eye out on, but I'm not, I'm not in panic mode about it at all. Absolutely. And so then he's gonna join Leonard Manuel, um, who's committed, but also dropped the top four the other day, and he's gonna sign on. April 1st is uh, my understanding. So, uh, Correct. so that, that might depend on uh, who he might be allowed to sign with, depending on how academics are squared away there. But, you know, he is going to officially visit on the 24th, and Florida's not going to bring him in I on don't an think official he, visit. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think he can official visit without taking a test. Okay. So it's, it's, that, it's there tentatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I don't think I'd be surprised um, if he visited without taking the test. That's yeah. just not how Universal Florida works. I mean, you have to have a test score to take a visit. Yeah, so, especially um, after last season, right? I mean, Florida, you know, who didn't get five players in that they signed. Uh, I think they're going to be as uh, cautious uh, as they can be and make sure that they're using the resources the best that they can. Yep. Cool. Um, who else is visiting on the 24th? Um, Avante, Avante Williams, uh, cousin of, uh, I'm not sure if it's real cousin or play cousin. I think real cousin of Lorenzo, uh, Lorenzo Lingard, uh, but he'll be there on the 24th. There is white people cousin or black people cousin there? Uh, um, because, you because, can say that, Amari. Because, because, you know, black people, cousins, <laughs> they, they ain't really cousins, but they just... You know, cousins, yeah. We just grew up together, so you know, we cousins. Yeah. No, those are play cousins. We got real cousins too, Dan. I don't know what yeah. more I'm talking about. We got, we got, <laughs> <laughs> we got real cousins too, Dan, but it's a bunch of. Ahmad's making it seem like every black person grew up no, 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 no. as a as a as a single child with no uh, no brothers and sisters with children. Um, no, but uh, he's at. 
he's at least cousins. We'll put that in quotes uh, with Lorenzo Lingard. He did cancel the 31st um, official visit to Ole Miss, uh, but it looks like he's going to replace that with a visit to Georgia. Uh, Silk, is there anything that you can share on the Avante Williams uh, side of things other than I know Florida feels confident with him? Yeah, I just know they feel confident. Um, he's, he has a relationship with Rat. Uh, he has a relationship with Lorenzo Linger. Uh, I think he wants to stay. I think being close to home, he has kids. So I think all that kind of is weighing in our favor, man. Um, I like I like us. Cool. Else we got and the then, 24th? Yeah, and then on the 24th, uh, we have the running back, Clayton, uh, that goes to the same high school as uh, Van Pran, who we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, running back out of Louisiana. Um, Silk, what can you talk to us about uh, about him, Ashad Clayton? Uh, Ashad Clayton, I think he's uh, he's a guy taking his class. I'm not extremely high on. He's a decent back. He's not elite. I think he's good at a lot of things. He's coming off an injury, so um, mm-hmm. I think he lost some kind of uh, buzz on the trail after he got injured. So some teams trying to see if he bounced back. Um, he's a he's a solid get if that's a guy we decide to take. Um, his teammates uh, with Cedric Van Pray, like you said, but it, it'll be a solid get, but it won't mm-hmm. be anything. Like, I think Jameer Gibbs and, and and even if we get into this, the Zach Evans sweepstakes, I think those are the, the elite backs that are available left. Right. Um, and how would you rank that? Would you do Zach Evans, then Gibbs, then Clayton? Or I know that you're really high on Gibbs. Would you put Gibbs? Evans, Clay, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Evans is definitely one. Gibbs, two, Clayton, three. That'd be my pecking order right now. And then is there anything that you want to share? And I know that you and I were texting yesterday morning a little bit about it. Is there anything you want to share on, on that? Or is it just all too fresh right now for us to talk more about Zach Evans other than, a, hey, we'll wait and see what, what kind of happens over the next couple of days? I heard that we were uh, – Snooping our nose in there, trying to see what interest is, and, and, and possibly set up a, a recruiting visit, man, official mm-hmm. visit, um, possibly maybe for the thirty first that date with Van Prey, possibly to get two okay. Georgia guys in the fold. That would be interesting, man. Um, nothing solid. It's been like some smoke behind the scenes, man. We'll mm-hmm. see if it materializes. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, that didn't follow Zach Evans, um, what, what, I think he's the number one or number two running back uh, prospect in the country, had signed a NLI with Georgia, uh, had decided to back out from that. There's some discussion of Texas A&M. He's a guy from Texas, uh, but I also know that Florida is trying to get involved there. So getting a guy like him is a game changer at that position. Um, so no matter what you do, you get a guy like him on. Um, I like Ashad Clayton. Uh, he's committed to, to Clemson or uh, to Colorado right now. Pardon me. Um, not the fastest guy. in The, the guy world. that's committed to Clemson, Dan, is Bowman. Yeah, yeah, no, I meant to Colorado. Um, <laughs> he uh, he's got to, he's got some decent size. I think that he's a guy that you can you can have sit you know, a year or two behind, you know, some, a, a few more of the proven backs that Florida has. Um, you know, if Florida's going down there, you know, who knows? I think that he can be a quality starter, uh, you know, for Florida or at least, uh, you know, couple with somebody else, uh, you know, in the future, maybe with a, a guy like Brashard Smith. And, and they, they, they bounce back off of each other pretty well in terms of their strengths and weaknesses with each other. And then the, uh, the last one that, that we're going to talk about is uh, Van Pren. Um, he is the teammate of uh, Ashad Clayton. So Cedric Van Pran, uh, four-star guy 
uh, out of Louisiana, um, is committed to Georgia, still did not sign his offer letter uh, or did not, pardon me, do a, uh, a, yeah, an early LOI uh, for Georgia. So he's going to be coming on January 31st. So you have to, you have to like Florida's chances to potentially flip a, a Cedric Van Brand. So, so what can you tell us about him? He's kind of a name that's popped up over the last probably two or three weeks. So, yeah, Cedric Van Prey has been um, a name. He's been uh, continually saying that there's interest in us and he's been talking to us and we're recruiting him hard. Um, I've been hearing for a while to expect him to set up a visit. He did set up that visit, man. So it's, it's mutual interest, man. It will be a huge get, man, to flip two Georgia offensive linemen and also get a transfer from them and five-star Brenton Cox. And then maybe if we get into Zach Evans. I mean, you can get that many kids from Georgia in one cycle and Kirby's supposed to be this recruiting guru. And that, that would be very impressive, man. And I think um, you see you start to see a turn in this thing. I think you've seen a little bit of momentum shift. And this whole ride routine, us on the trail and on the field, man. We'll see what's up. But I feel good. Absolutely. Uh, another thing, too, before we move on from the running back thing, it's interesting to note that, um, I mean, what's he called? Uh, Demarcus Bowman. And there's some uh, still there's some smoke about him, maybe not qualifying. He has to uh, – mm-hmm. he can't early enroll or some, some, some change with his status with Clemson. So there's some smoke about him getting a better test score. So okay. That's something to keep an eye, eye on as well, man. It's gonna okay. be and it looks like I, I missed a couple of names uh, as well. Um, just texted somebody. Got a few more names of folks that might be here on the 24th. And, again, this is what we're going to talk about today. It's January 12th. You're going to listen to this on January 14th. Who knows? Everything could change between the 14th hey, and the 15th. This tomorrow. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this Monday. Yeah, because oh, uh, we talked about the game. We don't want to play oh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. So you guys are going to listen to this on the 13th. So with that being said, uh, this could completely change by the next day. But uh, Princely uh, Uman Milan uh, from Manor, Texas. Sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, strong side defensive end was was really, really close with, uh, with Baylor uh, and Matt Rule. With Matt Rule going to the Carolina Panthers, it looks like Florida's chances uh, of potentially bringing a guy like him on board. Um, are there? He's slated to visit on the 24th. If Florida has room, you know, Florida's really got a you know has, has a limited number of spots. So um, if you can get a guy like him, great. Um, I think it all just depends on kind of how the rest of this room shakes out. Um, then you have Demarcus Beckwith from Florence, Alabama. We talked about him on the last show. Uh, we were impressed with him in the national or in the uh, the All Star games as well. Uh, he comes in as an athlete, would probably play that uh, that Pitts position for Florida. Uh, but those are two guys. And then um, Jameer Gibbs right now is slated for the twenty fourth. I believe he's still committed to Georgia Tech, so we'll see there. Um, and then Avery Helm, who's a uh, a cornerback uh, that's already committed to Florida, he's going to be visiting on the twenty fourth as well. And. Uh- D Beck with the, is a guy that I like a, a lot. I think he's gonna yep. be um, once he gets here and get into the system and be a full time uh, football player. I think he's gonna be a, a great receiver in that Kyle Pitts mode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, so I hope that's yep. one we got room for and we can fit him into this class somewhere. I know the numbers is getting tight, but I hope we figure out the space for him. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's a he's a great player, and I give a shout out to Andrew uh, Spivey. He uh, he called him out, and I know that you did too. Uh, so probably a year and a half ago. So uh, good eye on on talent there, and you know Florida's been you know there for for a long time, and um, you know as long as there's spots and as long as there's room, I think that Florida's relationship with them, you know, could potentially getting a a, a three star guy like Demarcus or uh, D back with, pardon me, uh, is 
he's better than I think that that, that star ranking indicates, but I think that he's going to be a guy that works hard and fits perfectly into that position that Kyle Pitts is playing. And, um, you'll get a guy like him on campus and, and you, you keep that continuity of positions, which is, you know, something that Dan Mullen wants. He kind of wants these guys that can, you know, transition from, you know, a Kyle Pitts to a, uh, you know, a deep back with a, you know, Percy Harvin to that Chris Rainey, Jeff Dems type, right? Like those guys that you can have mold in, in kind of that position so you don't have to completely change your offense every year and you can have somebody to to study under the tutelage of, uh, you know, for, you know, a couple of years before you're ready to, to, to take that, uh, that, that on your shoulders. So, you know, a couple of big weeks for Florida and recruiting. Absolutely, man. Things are getting high on the trail, man. Shout out to the coaches and the staff. Everybody's getting busy. Got a little bit. Any dandy facts before we get out of here? Um, it's my birthday next Monday. So, um, with that being said, I don't have any, you know, Florida Gator dandy facts. Um, I am. Crazy. <laughs> What's it got to do anything? Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, but that is a dandy <laughs> fact that I'm turning 32, and when you're listening to this a week from that, but um, my dandy fact would be you can go to my Twitter page and raising money for the V Foundation. Do it every year for my birthday. We're up to about $750. I'm trying to raise money for cancer research, so uh, that's my dandy fact, and it's a shameless plug because, well, it's my time to shine. So, hey man, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, Dan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, good show. Good show, man. I enjoyed myself tonight. Oh, man. Hanging out. Hanging out. I got this song oh, this week, man. I'm going to take us out with some um, Cam. You ready? Take me out of here with some big crit every time. Hmm. Is that C-R-I-T, big crit? Like no, big critter? K-K-K-R-I-T, crit. Yeah. Crit. Okay. Mississippi big Brethren. Crit. Ah, very good. Already. Already. See you guys next week. Let's go. Yo. A good show, fellas. That was a good show. Same corner next week, fellas. B there, B square. <laughs> B there, B square. Get out of <laughs> here, bro. All right, man. B there, <laughs> B square. Probably won't believe I've seen the land in all the seven seas It's plain to see Three pointer in the corner, Ray Allen, I'm on it Motor off the back while LeBron in the moment Riffy at the plate, I ball with the fam I'm Vince Carter in Toronto, I'm good for a slam AI with the practice, I'm born with the gift. Michael Jordan with the tears when he got to a chip. Tommy Smith and John Carlos, I'm raising a fist. Gold chain, gold rings, no medal for this. Life's an uphill battle, no pedal for this. Closed curtain when a circle, I'll settle for this. Throw me a parade, throw me a parade. Roses at my feet, champagne I can taste. I am just a winner that my parents made. Closer with the mojo, you can't clock the pace. Floyd with the belts, too much for the waist. I'm Ali, I fight for freedom till I beat the case. Every time.
Seven seas It's plain to see 